Martin. I am so excited to have one of my personal friends be our very first guest on our podcast. Her name is Jenna Barbosa, and she is a brand new published author of Tenacious Grace. Welcome, Jenna. Hi, thanks so much, Jane. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. I know that um, we were talking a while back about this new book that you have out called Tenacious Grace. Um, why don't you tell us just a little bit about it and how the idea was birthed? And um, and we'll, we'll just start there for today. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so I, about three years ago, was really struggling with emotional eating. Um, well, I'd struggled with that really kind of my whole life, but I'd gotten to a place to where I just was so tired of the same answers being out there about, you know, diet programs and exercise routines. And I knew that those worked, but I didn't understand why that those didn't work for me to be able to stay on it long term. And so I just really kind of thought there was maybe something that I was missing and kind of like a different angle that I was missing out on. Um, and God really just kind of showed me that I hadn't really dealt with the reason, um, of my heart of why I was turning to food so much, um, with the emotional eating aspect. So I really just started to realize that like, I had to deal with the heart issue before any of these external programs and diet, you know, like not necessarily diet, like diet culture, but like, you know, a new lifestyle of eating, um, and exercise routines and any of those things, if those were going to stick for me and really have long lifelong results, um, I had to deal with the problem of my heart of really addressing why is this an issue to begin with? So through that process of really trying to find help for myself, God just kept giving me truths. And, um, I brought some girlfriends alongside and said, Hey, let's just figure this out. Um, we started off as just kind of like groups. Mm-hmm. that we're meeting. And then from that, God just kind of showed me that what I had been writing for those sessions that we were meeting together really could be a book. And so um, I went back and just kind of turned everything that I had into chapters and formulated it into a book. And so I kind of went at it from the back door, I guess. I didn't really set out to write a book on this. Right. Um, but it just kind of happened. And I'm really glad it did because it's able to get uh, really a lot of solid truths into the hands of people who struggle with emotional eating and have for so long. Um, right. And hopefully just a new perspective about it. I know. Uh, I know that I struggle with emotional eating. Now, I know a little bit about you is that you are a certified biblical counselor. Would yes. you say that you will that this seems to be like a common thread that it, it seems to be women there's something in us that we, we tend to want to go to food to make us feel better, to bring us comfort. And um, one of the things that you talk about in your book is becoming like a private detective of your own life and trying to figure out why you go to certain types of foods when you're feeling certain types of emotions. Um, Is that just something you discovered as you kind of played private detective of your own life? Or is it something that you learned about? What, what happened there? Um, Absolutely. I just kind of really, had to put that detective hat on. And I think that, you know, whenever we look at our own struggles, we often try um, to look at them. Well, not try to, but we often look at them through the lens of shame, embarrassment, or self-judgment. You know, a lot of that kind of like, we, we just, we don't really want to step into it in a big enough way and long enough for us to really figure out what's going on because the feelings of just embarrassment and shame kind of overtake us. And so we just go back to kind of coping to be able to avoid those feelings. And so right. 
Um, one of the biggest things that I really at the beginning of this felt such a strong call on my heart from the Lord is just to say, like, you have to step into the verse that says there is no condemnation. Um, there's no shame for people who are in Christ Jesus. And even those who don't have a personal relationship with Christ, like there's still like you have to be able to step outside of the shame and embarrassment aspect long enough to be able to identify those feelings. And so that's where I kind of, you know, said, I got to just kind of play detective. And so for me, sometimes like stepping outside of the spiritual lingo can help Mm -hmm. for me to just um, be able to look at it like, okay, like Jesus is my everything. Yes. Sometimes though we can kind of over-spiritualize things and like, sometimes we're like, do I, you know, we're red or blue today. And we're like, Oh Lord, Jesus help me. And sometimes God's Go just, pray like, about just, it. just pick, just pick it. Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, really kind of just stepping outside and saying, okay, you know, if I was a detective, I would have to look at all the different angles and not judge and not pr- make pre, you know, premature judgments on what I find, but to be able to put all the pieces together. And that's really when God showed me kind of the, the two analogies that kind of really stick around a lot with this is that detective mentality to be able to look at what's going on emotionally with what I'm doing physically with food. Um, and then just the idea of like a puzzle piece, like I love putting puzzles together. And so mm-hmm. if you tried to put a puzzle together blindfolded, like you would be on that ding, ding thing forever. <laughs> like, right. You just wouldn't be able to get success because number one, you have to keep looking at the big picture to understand where these little pieces fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're missing is we don't have the big picture. We just have the little bitty pieces in our hand that we're letting the feelings of what's happening in front of us emotionally and running to certain foods. Let that kind of just dictate our daily um, idea of what's happening. So we've got to step out long enough to look at and get a big picture of this. Um, and a lot of it goes back to, you know, childhood things, um, recent life events. So depending on the person that I work with, we can just get, we could just get to uncover different things about their past that really play a big, big part in what they're doing and how they're coping. Cause truly what it is, is it's a coping mechanism um, to whatever emotion is there. And there's different ways that we cope and for different reasons. And so we do have to be able to play detective and look at what's happening and then figure it out and put the pieces together to be able to really get a a new way of living and interacting with food. That makes sense. There's a lot of things that I would call like trigger points. They're like triggers, Yeah. you know, that, that there, I, you know, and I think it's so interesting how we can go to certain things um, that when you talked about shame, it just resonated with me. We, it's a cycle sometimes mm-hmm. that I can even find myself on where I am struggling with something and I just want to bring comfort to that thing right away. And so instead of taking it to the Lord, I go directly to food because I get an immediate, and sometimes I feel like I have to wait on the Lord. Right. Yeah. And I'm just being honest, you know, yeah. and God is not a genie in a bottle. He doesn't just jump and respond. And yet that doesn't mean that the way that he operates is too slow. It doesn't mean that he's not doing something good in the wait. It doesn't mean that he's not actually bringing about deliverance. But I think sometimes he's trying to retrain me Mm -hmm. to go to him for comfort instead of the thing that constantly brings me shame. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And keeps me in that cycle. And I think there's just sometimes he's like, are you done now, Jane? Are you done? Like, can we just be done with this cycle? Because I've come to set you free. Um, but I just think it's, it becomes like even habitual. And until you get to the place that you're willing to look back 
in your life, you know, willing to think this is what constantly triggers me. Um, I don't know that healing is even possible without being willing first to look back and say, I'm, I need that place in my heart to be healed. I need that place in my past to be healed. So you provide now one thing about your book that I think is so interesting is that it is not just informational, but you give people an opportunity to do things with the information that you're giving them. You're giving them. So you have like even small groups or like, mm-hmm. are they, it's not like Bible study, but like, what is that? What does that style look like? Yeah, so it's actually um, really just kind of a support group where there's community. Um, They are smaller groups, so we don't go above 12 people. Um, We meet for two hours every week, and it's a 12-week 12-week kind of meeting time, and people will kind of re-up and go back into another group, and um, Mm -hmm. these groups really, I mean, they're free to the community. I really have just a vision for this to be something that is a base level support uh, starting point for people to just be able to get around other people. It helps with the shame aspect because you hear other women in the group saying things, you know, like, oh my gosh, yeah, I did this and turn, you know, or this happened and I was in the closet eating, you know, a bag of chips or whatever. Um, And there's different women in the group that, you know, from all walks of life, like there's mamas, there's singles, there's college students, there's Um, older women, there's divorced women, there's widows, like there's just so many, there's single moms, like there's so many different types of women who are in the group. And um, one of the other things that they really allow you to do is see, and, and this is kind of, it's kind of the elephant in the room, Jane, but it's like, because when we talk about food and, and diet and nutrition, women, especially just go to what their bodies look like. And Um, to be able to be in a group and see women of all different sizes, like some of these groups, there were bodybuilders that were women who were in the bodybuilding world and, um, women who were, uh, you know, just really thin, but they struggled with like restriction and bulimia and and anorexia and things that you just on the outside looking in, you can make a quick judgment and very easily be like, what are you doing in this group? You know? Um, but it really allows you to see the heart of women who are struggling with a similar, uh, problem, well, the same problem, but in similar, you know, different ways. Yeah. Uh, but it really just provides that place of just freedom to be able to stop comparing with women and really set each other, um, up for success within the community aspect of a group. So that's the first level part of it is those support groups. Um, they're forming right now, actually, in the St. Louis area. There's two groups um, that are almost filled. We just released the information this last weekend, and there's definitely a lot um, of women who are interested. So it's it's exciting, and it's sure. showing people, you know, are wanting in. Uh, but then there's also a virtual one, too. So because I know a lot, I have a lot of friends who are out of state and people who are out of state that want to be able to get that support as well. But I honestly, like, my goal for that is to be able to train leaders in these groups that can facilitate them as well. Um, so that I don't have to be leading every single group and women can really take ownership of this message. And what I've learned is that when you learn something and you reteach it to somebody else, you learn it on a whole nother level. Sure. And so, yeah. So how, how do people find out, um, how, how they can be a part of a group? You know, is there sort of a, do you have a website where people can go check out the groups that are close to them or about the digital one or that sort of thing? How, where is that? Where is somewhere we can send them? Yeah. So the website is tenaciousgracejourney.com. 
and it has everything, all things tenacious grace. And so it is a journey, you know, I really wanted to make that something that's a, it's like a hot topic word within this uh, movement is because we are, it's, we're creating a movement to be able to really redefine your relationship with food and end emotional eating that we were able to really interact with food on the level of it's fuel for our body. It tastes wonderful. We can enjoy it, but it doesn't have to take over and have this, you know, kind of weird power over us. Um, it is a weird power. It's like a control. It is. it is. You think you're controlling it, but it's really controlling you. It is. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, and I think with that kind of the weird aspect of it, like there's so many times when I'm like, it is just flipping food. Like what the heck? Right. You right. know, but the, it is, it just has that hook in you. And, um, I just really want to take away the shame and the stigma away from it. But I also want to bring it to the forefront because it's kind of an acceptable problem in, especially the United States is, you know, we have to have food to survive. So we have to have it. And then we have this like overabundance of food in our nation. And so people kind of just like let the problem of it having control over us fly under the radar. Um, And so it's kind of bringing it to the forefront, but also not allowing shame to keep us from that conversation and doing something differently with it. So yep, the website will house all of the information for groups and then the coaching programs as well. Um, as just events in the yearly conference and everything like that. That's so exciting. I just feel like this, I mean, honestly, you know, one of the things behind sacred conversations is uh, the whole premise behind it is that, you know, sacred, sacred means something that is set apart. It's holy. It's something to be respected. It's something that we hold, hold in great esteem and, Mm. and, um, and is worthy of respect. And there is nothing more sacred. I don't think than what um, our thoughts and our emotions are on any given subject, because yeah. we keep those things so close to us. They're just close to us. Mm-hmm. And, and we're guarded with who we share certain things to because we've been hurt or we don't want to be hurt or we've lost trust in people or, you know what I mean? We're not mm-hmm. sure who we can trust. And I think with this particular issue, having a group of people where you carry this burden on the inside, because like you said, not everybody sees, not everybody can tell on the outside of a body what they're struggling with on their heart. Sometimes you can, right? I mean, sometimes the person is struggling with food, um, but it's, it's being able to find a group that you can trust and you can reveal this sacred part of your life to in order to be healed. And um, I'm just cheering you on, Jenna. I am so excited for your book. I'm excited for your ministry. I'm excited for the deliverance and the freedom that people are going to find. I love that this is not a diet program. Mm. I love that it is. It's not. It's, nope. it's a transformative program. It is a healing program. It's something that if you allow it to get inside of your heart and mind has the ability to set you free. And that's why it's a game changer. Oh. You know what I mean? This is not follow these three rules, maintain this many calories, you know, it's dealing with the heart. Why are we doing the things we're doing? And when you do that, then real change is possible. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I'm so grateful for your just cheerleading and encouragement. And, you know, that's been one of the things that in this journey, um, you know, you're talking about vulnerability and the things that are close to us, like I'm still on this journey. And it's something that like, I really, when I first started kind of writing and wanting to release this, I was like, Oh, I'll wait till I get the weight off, you know, and it's that same kind Mm -hmm. of thought of like, our, 
it's, it's so ingrained in us. And I, I just hate that it is, but like my weight qualifies me to speak certain truth or to be in front of certain people or like, that is such a, it's a diet culture mentality. It is a shame mm-hmm. mentality. And it's one that I have to fight with even still, every time I, you know, get in front of people and talk about this, it's like, okay, I have to remind myself, Jenna, like your body does not define you or qualify right. you to speak truth, especially when it's truth that is grounded in God's word and God's truth. And so, um, it is something that, you know, it provides a, a heart change. Um, and I know I'm a firm believer that, when we change our hearts, belief systems that are faulty and keep us in prison to something created, um, which essentially is idolatry, like we will see physical changes and external changes that reflect a heart that is set free. Um, yes. And so absolutely. And, you know, and whenever the groups, people kind of start to see that they start to open up and they start to allow themselves to be detective in their own hearts and allow God to show um, who's like the great detective. <laughs> um, right. <clears throat> the great revealer. You know, he they really mm-hmm. allow God to reveal those deeper areas. Um, you know, you said like we keep those things close to our heart. And oftentimes mm-hmm. the things that are closest to our heart are furthest away from humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever God kind of says like, okay, that place that you're really holding dear, I have to get in there and you're going to have to let some other people in some safe people. Um, yeah. but we got to get there, you know, and, um, that that's where it kind of goes into the coaching where people can hire me as a coach and eventually they'll have, um, other coaches that will be certified in this curriculum and just kind of on the same vision as what I have for this ministry, this movement. Um, but they can really kind of then work one-on-one and be able to go deeper into their specific areas and, and really identify those specific connections. And that's really where a lot of the, the cool kind of bigger, bigger impact comes because you really get to continue going deep with someone. It's so exciting. It's just so, it's so freeing. I'm so excited. My heart is full of expectations and I am confident that we are going to have listeners that will want to follow up. So I will send them to tenaciousgrace.com. Correct. Tenacious Tenacious Grace Grace. journey. Tenacious Grace journey.com. Yes. Wonderful. Well, we'll put that. um, I'll add that in. Yeah. This. But thank you so much, Jenna. Yay. If people, here's the last thing I forgot about this. If people want to follow you on social media, where would you send them? Yeah, they can look. Um, so Tenacious Grace TG, it's capital TG at the end, is the Facebook page for Tenacious Grace. My personal one, people can find me as Jenna Barbosa. You can look me up. And then I have a professional and a personal one. Um, but really kind of just... everything's on the website. So I really kind of just tell people like, go to the website and then you'll be able to get to my social media and you'll be able to get to my personal website, jennabarbosa.com. You'll be able to get to all those from tenaciousgracejourney.com for sure. Tenaciousgracejourney.com. All right. Love you, my friend. Thank you so much. Love you too. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Bye. Bye.